we are activating your unique self-discovery one show at a time. The Orchard of Wisdom Self-Discovery Podcast are at your fingertips, just waiting to inspire and invite you in discovering just how awesome you really are and how to navigate through life in joy, enrichment, personal abundance, in mind, body, spirit, heart and soul. All the people we bring you are here to serve you on your journey of life. Do enjoy our next show. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Ignite Your Heart and Soul right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy. My guest today is Dale Allen Rouse. Oh, my goodness, has he done a great deal in life, and we're going to find out all about his wonderful roller coaster journey, but also how he discovered the world of shamanism and found his true purpose and calling on his new spiritual path. After experiencing great reset, uh, um, great, get the tongue right, Sarah. Great success in the world of ballet, Broadway, and business. Dale uh, was diagnosed with generalized dystonia, which I don't know what it is. We're going to find out all about that, causing a life shift from chasing money and fame to reconnecting with source and inner voice of knowing. We call that the cosmic two by four. During the months of the pandemic lockdown, Dale wrote a trilogy of fiction books loosely based on his life while writing Dale discovered the world of shamanism and found his true purpose and calling on his new spiritual path. Using his autistic spiritual and business experience and knowledge, Dale brings a unique set of life skills and business skills and coaching that focuses on intuition and spirituality and imagination and helps his clients shift their perspective from being a victim to seeing the trauma as a portal to healing. He has been a background dancer for Scene De Long. He's done many other things. Um, but, you know, I always think a journey that has really lived and really diversified, really explored, is really a life worth living. So well done. Welcome to the show, love. Thank you so much. I'm so thrilled to be here. I love what you're doing and the fact that you're offering like this amazing trove of information on your website. I just love scrolling through and choosing through the topics and like it's just so much fun for me. So I'm just so thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for contributing to it because, uh, you know, I'm I believe that podcasts are a wonderful gateway to to knowledge and it comes from people who have taken the journey and we learn from other people's journeys. We're inspired by other people's journeys and that invites us to want to take our own with a little knowledge on how and why and, you know, what to do. So thank you for coming on and sharing here today. So where do we start, my dear? (laughs) Ballet, ballet. Let's start at ballet because you had to start that young. Yes, yes. So when I was quite young, uh, I was overweight and uh, my family really wanted to help me lose weight. And it was kind of a a big deal because I was being, you know, really bullied at school and stuff Mm. like it was a problem. Right. So uh, I wasn't really into sports uh, at all. My family wasn't really a sports family. We were a church family. right? (laughs) I mean, I'm sure there's some that cross both, but ours wasn't. Right. And um, so I had to kind of find a way to become active. And uh, my best friend in elementary school happened to be taking tap dancing classes at the local dance school. And I was like, oh, well, that sounds fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> so at 10 years old, I started tap dancing away. <laughs> I just, you know, never stopped, right. you know. And before you know it, I was, uh, you know, 
being picked up by a professional ballet school and like the rest is history as they say wonderful yeah i mean the thing about tap dancing if there's an art and an expertise and a wonderful rhythm to it but it's also a wonderful way of tap tap tapping your frustrations out isn't it oh absolutely because it's so physical right and you can just really go to town <laughs> Whereas ballet, of course, is so much more controlled yeah. and defined and refined. So, I mean, kind of opposite ends of the scale there. Uh, absolutely. Because the ballet world is so prescribed, like down to the finger, as far as like where your position of your body is supposed to be exactly, you know, whereas tap is more about the expression or the feeling that's coming from within, right? And you're really dialing into it in, in a bit more of a free form uh, kind of manner. So, I mean, it, it really is opposite sense. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I always think if you channel too much in one area and you're not diversified of experiencing other areas, you know, uh, there's a certain truth that you bring to something when you bring other experiences into it, right? Other expressions into it. It just, I feel that instead of just channeling one note, you're actually kind of bringing the orchestra to the, to the stage. Right. Absolutely. You have to have both. You have to, because like, even as you advance in the training of anything, you have to have that crossover. If you don't have the technique, the ballet technique in your tap, it's yeah. not going to work, right? If you don't have the freedom of tap expression right. in your ballet, it's not going to work. Yeah. I mean, because eventually when you get to a certain level, yeah, you kind of have to be able to do it all. <laughs> so where did the ballet take you? What performances did you do? And how do you end up with Celine? Yeah, that was a journey for sure. I started training with the Go Ballet uh, downtown Vancouver. And oh, I know that. They did a fashion show for me way yeah. back in the 80s. Yeah, that's <laughs> when I was there. I was there in 86 during the Expo, 80, Expo 86. Yes, actually, there. it was 85, I think I did that. Yes, uh, used the yeah. Go Ballet as my models. <laughs> there you go. So, <laughs> oh, well. It is. <laughs> That's where I started. And then from there, I went to the Royal Winnipeg Ballet School. And I was there for three years. And of course, danced with the company and had a chance to apprentice and, you know, do all that good stuff. But then I was picked up by Les Grands Ballets Canadiens in Montreal. And I was there for a couple of years. And Oh my gosh, I'm gonna like giving you my whole resume. It's too long. <laughs> <laughs> I danced with seven different ballet companies all over the world. And then from there, I ended up uh, assisting Anne Ryan King one summer in Tampa, Florida for her Broadway theater project. Then she put me into Fosse, the Broadway show. And then from there, I went to Celine. That's how that whole thing happened. There you go. That's the shortened version. Short version <laughs> of it, yeah. I mean, the opportunity to go around the world doing something you love doing right? Dancing and getting to go other parts of the world and meeting other people. I mean, that must be quite exciting. Yes, but it's a very specific track, right? It doesn't really prepare you either for the world or for the life in an office. <laughs> so oh. you, know, you go and do that for like a whole bunch of years. And then you find yourself middle-aged walking into an office for the first time. And you're like, how am I supposed to do this? <laughs> yes. How do I bring the ballet and the tap and all the expertise to that? But I always believe that any experience that we have in life is transferable. It's a redirect uh, and you can take the, the discipline, the ethics, a certain amount of the knowledge and reapply. For sure. And it's there in that crazy, right? And that level of intensity that is just so extreme that is ballet, right? Yes. That I found that how far I could push myself without breaking. Yeah. Like 
literally, you know? And so when I started to, you know, realize, okay, I don't want to jump up and down for a living anymore. I'm all too old for this. And I walked into a real estate office and that was the next like logical thing to me because real estate wasn't going to be dependent on either my education, mm-hmm. right? Because 30 day course, you got a real estate license, right? And it wasn't going to be dependent on other people's telling me how successful I could be, right? There is no ceiling. Right. right. To, to that success yes. is what you that put success. in is what you're going to get out. Yes, exactly. So that made sense to me. And so I walked into a real estate office and again, like back in the day, like I didn't even know how to send a fax. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you were dating yourself. Fax machines. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, within the first three years, I was number four in the entire state wow. out of all Remax sales agents. Right? It's the stage and, charisma, you see, you're transferable. Well, and it's again, how far yeah. can you push yourself without, you know, having to break? Yes. And, and the people that I went to real estate school with didn't have that in their background. Right. And they didn't understand that when I was moving forward into the business world, I was bringing not only that, but also my study of energy work, yes. right, in my stagecraft to my office work right. and that was like they didn't even know they were like what is that what planet is this guy from <laughs> doesn't make any sense. you haven't heard of it <laughs> <laughs> but, but and, you know you said a key word the energy right. I mean, like no no when people talk about energy they're either talking about the thing that they plug in or you know energetic people but they don't understand that we are all governed by energy uh, we all a frequency. We've all, you know, got a certain hertz that we resonate on. <clears throat> the more you channel your energy productively, wisely, the more you can really manifest getting things done because you're using your energy in the right way. We don't want hysterical energy. We don't want static energy. We want channeled energy that rather like the volume can go up and down according to what it's needed to do. And really harnessing that energy is an art in itself, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I saw a real stark difference because once my career started to really take off in real estate and the people that I went to school with were truly struggling to make a living, I had to sit myself down and go, OK, wait a minute. What is it that I'm doing that's different here? Right. Because if there's something that's different, first of all, I want to be aware of it. But second of all, I want to leverage it. Like yes. I want to teach it. I want to, yes. you know, can it. Let's share stuff. this. <laughs> <laughs> Now he's a medicine man. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the point, isn't it? Is is that you've got something that's working. And it's again, it's the cumulative. I mean, when let's face it, when you are a performer, you can't stop in the middle of performance and I don't feel like, can we do it again? No, you are on stage. If there is a mistake, you have to make that mistake look like the art. Right. And if there's a mistake with someone, they've got to be in tuned with you to go along with it or, you know, cover it up in some way. So you're thinking constantly, literally on your feet. And it's how do you transfer that into the business realm? Exactly. And so you take exactly what you're talking about. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you you add on top another layer of my personal exploration of energy work consciously. Right. Mm-hmm. That I found in my stagecraft, like how far can I throw my energy? How big can I fill this auditorium with me? Yes. Right. And bringing that to the stage and 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 really leveraging. I mean, it's a, it's kind of related, but not exactly when you say that, you know, being attractive, let's say attractive in business, being attractive has very little to do with what you look like. Yes. 
right? Oh, and it wow. was there, right at that intersection that I started to leverage my business opportunities. Yeah. No, you hit on a huge point there. It's, um, <clears throat> I say this all the time, excuse me, folks, I am suffering a bit from a cold right now. But, um, you know, people are constantly focusing on the exterior. Oh, they must be successful. They drive this car. They're wearing this Armani suit. They're, they have this house. They're this and that. But that doesn't mean success, right? You know, okay, they're making money, but you have no idea if they're actually in debt making that money or if they're in deficit within themselves, all right? And that actually is the biggest debt you'll ever have to pay. The, the thing about, as you're talking about, the essence of you that you were sharing, the exuberance of you, you knew how to be a performer, and you knew how to, when to turn it on, when to pull it back, just like a performer. You can't be at full 10 on every performance. Uh, it would also bore people. They like the transition. So you bought the transition of energy to the work, right? And the abundance of who you are and what you're doing is what uh, deemed your success in people's eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I'm mean, also really looking at what I'm doing on all levels like so as an example uh like there's a lot of different ways to get business in real estate right one of the ways that we could do is go door knocking just go door to door around the neighborhood introduce yourself to the neighbors let them know about a listing that you might have coming up just talk to people right just going door to door and a lot of people don't like doing that i i love doing it i'm like hi i'm here deal with me. <laughs> <laughs> the lights are on action <laughs> here we go it's gonna be fun. <laughs> I can't <laughs> it'll make sense. Make sense, but it will be fun. You know, it's just kind of like, well, I know it's just been my general attitude. It's like showing up at an audition. Yes. You don't know what's gonna happen. You just show up, right? And so that was kind of my first uh real big attempt at generating business for myself was going door knocking. But I also understood what I was doing energetically. I understood that what I was doing was not knocking on doors. What I was doing was making a massive statement to the universe that mm -hmm. I am here and I am looking for business. And you know what? I didn't get a single um, deal from the doors, but my business tripled. Mm. Referral? Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And the phone would just start ringing and, and there would be all this other business yeah. and noise and stuff that just was started bubbling up around me because I was doing that. And I looked at it very specifically and deliberately like that. I'm not going to go knocking on these doors, looking for business at the doors, yes. but I'm doing it as an exercise, right? A walking meditation, a statement to the universe that I am here. I am looking for business and get engaged in casting myself, right? As the star of this show that's yeah. going on right now that everyone's going to want to be a part of. And I'm excited to tell you about it. You, you painted your own canvas. It wasn't somebody else's picture. It was your picture, right? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, we're, a lot of people just don't know how to do that in their lives. You know, they're trying to fit in. They're oh. trying to live up to somebody else's image of what they should be or what is expected. And it's like, no, please, 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 blank your canvas. Take the paintbrush and start painting blindly because the essence of truly who you are will come out in that canvas, not whatever people. I promise you, you will disappoint everyone in life if you're trying to always live up to somebody else's expectation. Fulfill your own expectation of your own essence and don't deny yourself. 
And as again, like we were talking about even before, you know, the show started, that the blessing is in not fitting in for me and being exactly. so extremely outside the box. What box? What box? <laughs> it wasn't even a box big enough. There's no boxing me in, baby. No. <laughs> but it's such a blessing to be liberated from that thought form, right? And to yes. just be able to truly carve your path forward for yourself including carving out and designing your own joy on your own say-so, because that's what kind of day you want to have, right? And just moving forward for you, right? I've just written my memoir, and in, in one part of it, it is a, um, I, I wasn't educated because I was a very sickly child, so I missed a lot of school. And then I literally walked out of school, probably equivalent to you, maybe your eighth or seventh grade here. And, uh, and I, I just learned from life. And I was, it was always, well, let's hope she makes a good marriage. She's not smart. She's not academic. She's not this. And it was always about what I'm not. And you go places, where's the piece of paper? And I thought, well, I don't have any of that. I'm just going to have to turn up a Sarah. And Sarah's just going to have to be enough. And when people don't expect much from you, they become very, very surprised yes. when, when you actually deliver something. And they go, well, maybe there is something here. And I think sometimes not having that expectation on you is actually a gift. Like, you know, I used to look at it as, well, I'm not living up to expectation. I'm a failure. And then now, hell, sure. I could paint my own canvas here. And it's either going to be pleasing to the eye or not. And that's okay. As long as it's pleasing to you. I mean, exactly. you're the one you have to answer to at the end of the day. And exactly. everyone else can just the dust. <laughs> and, and, and you end up surprising people, right? Because they didn't expect that from you. Well, you know, sometimes those expectations are a demon. <laughs> I've found that it surprised me as well. Because yes. we don't give the other enough credit exactly. to hang with our weirdness. Right. Right. Like lead with that and see what yes. they're comfortable with. And then you can resolve and negotiate, but don't negotiate with yourself first. Like don't negotiate against your own humanity. Right. And go, okay, well, I think that they're willing to accept me at this level. So that's what I'll show. Uh-uh, no, that's no. not any way to show up in the world. No, it's also uh, too exasperating because, um, you know, my, my ex was always, I have an image. And I've got to live up to that image. So don't tell people where we live. Don't tell people they don't tell people that. And how do you keep up with the lies? Yeah. You know, and it's like, if they can't buy you um, as you, then you're selling the wrong product. Well, you're just in the wrong place. Like, right. why are you in front of that person? Exactly. <laughs> we, you know, we're, we're really in a world right now that we've just been oversaturated and oversold to. And really what we want is authenticity. We want people that are in the game they're in because they love it, because this is who they are. They want to share. They've got a passion about it and they want you to benefit from it. Right. That's what people want. You know, and this is the shift that is happening as a consumer. We want people who are going to address us and our needs and, and they're delighted to serve us because that's their passion. We just don't want to be sold the bill of goods anymore. We're just tired of the flash. Right. People buy why you do it, yes. not what you do. Exactly. Right? So if you're leading yes. with, like, again, just back to my real estate coaching business, like, if you're leading with, come to my open house, well, that's what I do. Boring snooze, who cares, right? Yeah. But if you're going, like, oh, my gosh, like, I got this, and this is what this is going to mean to my family, and we're planning this enormous, like, party for this open house to celebrate it. Like, okay, now I'm interested. Like, you know what I mean? Like, now there's a, there's a human touch to your you know, event to your thing that you're trying to get people engaged with, you know? 
my sister used to be in real estate and what and back in the day the real estate uh, the open house would be all day this was back in south africa and she used to have apple pies baking yes. and then people could even have a you know piece of pie in the kitchen she was setting the ambience She was setting the comfort that you could feel yourself in the kitchen. You could feel the essence of it. People can see this configuration is nice. That's configuration. That's all very one thing. But how does it make them feel? Yeah. Yeah. They don't buy houses. They buy future experiences. They see themselves. Homes. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Like, is this the perfect backdrop for that experience I see myself having in the future? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, I think we've, we've forgotten that in a lot of ways. And, you know, a, a lot of things that we've forgotten about in life is actually how just to show up being you and you're enough, uh, but also the willing to pivot, the willing to always learn. You know, right. I, I'm 68. I'm still delighted to learn something every day. I just did a show on water that I never knew anything about, you know, and it's every time is a wonderful lesson. It keeps you vibrant. It keeps you young. It keeps you inquisitive, yeah. right? So I think if you're always turning up as the student, you become a better teacher. Well, that's why I teach. That's, that's exactly why I teach. Yeah. That's why I write novels. That's why I'm always in front of people's opinions, you know, yes. and stuff, because that's how I learn. Um, in, in fact, when I first started becoming a, a real estate educator in 2011, um, that was the very first thing I really noted because I was I was given that opportunity because of like my su- success. I wasn't necessarily seeking that out. But when they put me in the front of the class and suddenly I had to know my stuff like inside and out on a whole different level. And then I was having all these questions fired at me that I had to answer like suddenly uh, the teacher becomes the student like in half a second because you are really on the front lines of having to know stuff but you know there's knowing stuff and knowing stuff Mm. I'm a huge knowingness advocate and that is being present and centered and allowing the universe to speak to your heart in, in resonance to lift your spirit into action and for your mind to know what it needs to know when you need to know. We have an enormous amount of data up in here. How we use this knowledge, if we're only using it from the chin up, we're constantly going to be using the wrong knowledge at the wrong time. But when we put it with the soul, heart and spirit's intellect, now we have the wisdom to know what knowledge is relevant in that time. Right. So my books are channeled. So what you're talking about is exactly where I have gone from real estate, which required me to start asking the hard questions about the manifesting mindset. Like it's in the business coaching world that I found the whole manifesting mindset, right? And then from there, that kept asking me to ask more questions. And then from there, that led me to like dealing with a lot of my past trauma and stuff like that. And then that led me to writing the books, which led me to shamanism. Yes. And the shamanism and the channeling is within every one of us if we just choose to open up the channel. Yes, and also, you know, take the time to really educate yourself on how to use these tools that are available to all of us. We just have to open the channel. Like, it's not that hard. No, but, you know, it requires us getting out of our intellect and also just surrendering, allowing, right? Mm -hmm. There is no dictating, I will open up this channel if you do this. No, it is, I am centered, I'm at one, I'm, I am in trust and I allow and open what I need to know. Yeah. So in shamanism, we call it being the hollow bone. Like you're literally just the conduit to the Yes. Beast. There is no you. The entire 
uh, like goal of the exercise is to empty yourself of yourself yes. so that new stuff can come in because if you're always inhabiting you 100 of the time and you never like vacate the space to allow for the new to enter right yes like, you just are not ever picking up new information or learning a new vibe oh you're contaminating that new information with your own dictation there we go yep right so by being kind of empty and this is yeah. what i was saying nobody expects anything from you when i did channel things it was a surprise you know and yeah. it is basically what it's doing the wisdom is coming through of what i am needing to share out with the world mm -hmm. the knowledge in my head is then activated as to how to share it right yes. so it is it is a partnership between the spiritual world, the energetic universal world, or oh God, whatever anybody wants to call it, it is a partnership between the trust of the divine information into your own heart, soul, and spirit, in and mind, intellect, and how they merge together in an understanding of what to do. You're exactly describing the method, which is called automatic writing, which is the spiritual practice that I use for channeling information from beyond me and how I write my books. Because people are like, how is it you can write a book in 10 days? Well, I'm not a part of the transaction. Yeah. Like I am- Just your fingers typing. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> I mean, the closest I can describe is like using a Ouija board. Mm -hmm. right? I am just there to follow along with what is being told to me. And I can't tell you, like every day, my mind is blown mm -hmm. by what's coming out of me, either because I don't know it and it's teaching it to me. Yes. Or because like it will ask me to add something in chapter three that makes absolutely no sense. Like none at all. I'm like, okay, I will just trust, right? Trust, right? Big yes. stuff, trust, right? That that is true. And then I get down to chapter 10 and it links up so perfectly. I'm like, oh, my mind is blown. I'm like, oh, how is that even possible? Like, it's just so like, I mean, there's so many times I just stand up in my chair. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get, you know, caught on camera somewhere because it's the craziest adventure. <laughs> books are so wild and people are like how are like first of all they ask me like are you okay isn't it you know um when i'm blogging or I, and I do my own show every week and sometimes okay what am i going to talk about there's something i want to talk about i'll put the headline up there or i have a word and then the fingers okay what needs to come out and either i type it or i just speak it and then when I, you know, I once, once it's done though, it's spent. Now, if I've written it, I can reread it. If I've spoken it, then obviously I can re-listen to it. But I've read things that I've written years ago and go, oh, that's, that's very interesting. I didn't know that. Sorry, you wrote it. Because <laughs> you were channeling at the moment. <laughs> yeah. And that's what led me to shamanism. I actually started writing books on shamanism without ever taking a class or knowing anything about it. Now, mind you, <clears throat> full disclosure, I do have First Nations relatives mm -hmm. that I grew up with who lived on a reservation in British Columbia, you know, and so I was very aware of what they were doing, which was stood in stark contrast to how I was being raised in a very Christian home, mm -hmm. right? And <clears throat> so it's always fascinated me, but it was the books 
right? The information coming to me from beyond the book, like yeah. beyond me, that was like kept leading me down to this, you know, spiritual practice. Like you should check this out. This is what this is. And I'm like, is this what this is? And so after I wrote a bunch of books on it, I took it to um, someone who has their doctorate in shamanism and they reviewed it and they were like, this is core shamanism 101. I'm right. like, well, I don't know how I know this, but here it is. But there again, back to the knowingness. You're knowing what you need to know when you need to know it. Don't argue with it. It well, just is. Don't question it. Accept <laughs> exactly. it as true. If it's coming to you, it's coming to you for a for reason. reason. We have to learn to start to trust that that channel of communication because there's so much there. Like once you really start to dive into yeah. the channel of information that's coming to you from beyond you, like that'll change your world. You know, I think one of the things that scares people about all of this, I don't want to give up control. What if somebody takes control over me? No, again, it is a partnership. They're coming through you. They're using the, the, the collaboration of you. And it's never to do any harm. It is always to enlighten if the intent of your heart and spirit is open in purity. Yeah, again, it's the big T trust, right? Yeah. You have to really trust that you are in good care. Yeah. Then the first step to that is understanding that you have no control. Yes. <laughs> this illusion of control, control is causing you to like not truly live. It's yes. causing you to withhold of yourself, right? Because there's the illusion of control. Like if you want to make God laugh, tell him what you're doing tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or lay out a plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, tell me about it. I'm sure you yeah. got it all figured out now. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, that's, I think this is what I think people, because, we, you know, a lot of people, you've got to control yourself. You've got to control your thoughts. No, it's not about controlling your thoughts. It's understanding why your thoughts are there. I look at emotions that when anger or joy or something comes up, spend the emotion. The emotion is an indication of where you're at. Where we step into problems is when we become emotional over the emotion. And half the time, we don't know what we're being emotional at. We've just become emotional. So, yeah. you know, emotion is to be spent to understand why am I angry? What's made me angry? Okay, I can let it go. It's got nothing to do with me, right? And we'll just spend it. You're mad at somebody cutting you off in traffic. Spend it for a moment. Let it go. But carrying it and being revengeful or being vindictive or being carrying the anger uh, forward is only going to eat up at you and it will block all of your chi, all of your energy, and you will not have any clarity in that state because it crunches you. Yes, absolutely. And it, it's it's uh, really getting, first of all, out of the ego, right? Yeah. I'm on my YouTube channel. I spend a lot of time because I myself have in my lifetime been suicidal to the yeah, point where too. I'm like, Okay, how do I fix this? How yes. do I, yes. how do I, Dale, fix me? Because yes. nobody else is going to do it. And this no. was even brought Nobody else is interested. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. You know, and when I, when I had just, when I was diagnosed with dystonia, it was even more so. What is right dystonia, now. by the way? So dystonia is the third largest uh, neurological movement disorder in the same family as Parkinson's and MS. Okay. Right. I mean, I don't have it super bad, like, but um, it's in the world of ticks. So ticks is, um, you know, usually fast and percussive, and there can be either motor ticks, which is movement, or there can be vocal ticks, which can be anything from mouth pops yeah. to, you know, swearing, whatever. Um, so, anyways, that's that's what it is. It's a slow cramping of the muscles, whereas ticks are fast. Dystonia is slow cramping. It's also known as stiff 
person syndrome. So it just becomes very hard to move. It's like you lose all the fluidity in your body and you become, you know, slowly just more like cramped up. Sounds a lot like fibromyalgia. Uh-huh, sure. Be yeah. Because that is something that uh, you, you, you know, how I always best cook, you feel like cardboard. You feel like a cutout cardboard, you know, and it's uh, everything stiffens right up. And it's really, you know, sometimes hard to kind of have that movement. So um, that's a lot caused by inflammation. Is dystonia the same? Uh, dystonia is, um, you know, passed down generation to generation. Um, but I, I know my dad had it. I don't, I don't really know much more about it other than it's a, it's a brain disease. It's not a body disease. So right. even though it's sense in the body, it's actually what's happening is a, is a brain thing. And the, probably the reason why you don't have it to such an extreme is is because you are so open to channeling and also you uh, have made it a, a thing in your life to always seek joy, seek, you know, your own inner abundance. So, I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't affect me that much. I'm, I'm very blessed in that way, but <clears throat> it has been my greatest teacher. Yes. I would not cancel it out from my life for anything. Right. I mean, this has brought me to the edge of myself in a way that clearly was needed because I have gained so much. And I look at it as this amazing exploration of myself that I'm on in learning how to, you know, be someone who once, you know, was a professional ballet dancer and like had this, you know, life association with my body that yeah. now is very different. You know, and it's learning grace through that and the blessings found in that, like my relationship with my husband, like we're so close now because mm. of this, like, and I don't know that we would be that close as a couple if we didn't go through that. I don't know, but it's like, uh, there's, there's so much upside to it. It's hard yes. for me not to focus there. <laughs> well, you know, I call it the cosmic two by four because <clears throat> the universe keeps giving us indication and taps on the shoulder and nudge nudge wink wink and we don't pay attention and then so off it comes wackaroo are you paying attention now and it's like uh, I'm going to flatten you out I'm going to give you something that you have to rebuild yourself from right. and are you going to rebuild yourself in your true light right exactly exactly and you know it's these things that uh, most people would see as like, you know, either the horrific trauma and abuse in my past or, you know, dystonia or whatever would see as negatives. And I just don't see it that way. I just see like I'm on this little journey yes. <laughs> you know, of me and I'm having a great time. And like, that's just part of the story. But it's not, you know, uh, you know, this horrible thing. And I think we often too much shy away from looking in there like yeah. what's in there like get down in it like spend some time like i spend probably a couple hours a day just thinking right yeah. it's like and that's where my books come from it's be just present like, right exactly mm -hmm. just just chasing the thoughts of my mind and and exploring ideas and concepts and seeing like who are you like yeah. and and clarifying to yourself your core values who you are what you believe in like all of that stuff and you know becoming master and commander of you and would you want to know you yeah exactly right if you were somebody else would you want to know you you know are you really representing yourself in a way that you would want someone to represent themselves to you right, right. so right. it's a I, I chase I wasted 50 years of my life trying to be what everybody wanted me to be and just bent out into a complete pretzel. And I was a very spiritual being, having a huge difficulty being a human being. Yes. Uh, because I can never satisfy any of the goddamn humans. 
It, it was yeah. always, you know, uh, I want this from you. No, no, I want that from you. No, 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 you're not giving me this. And it's like uh, one of your books. <laughs> and, exactly the topic of my book. Well, until until I said to hell with it, I am what I am. I'm right. Sarah. You take me yeah. or leave me. I'm not going to be offended if you don't like me. I'm not everybody's cup of tea, right? right? So when I did that, I gave myself so much more freedom and so much more permission just to be me. Yeah, yeah, and and that's where it all that's where it all starts is in claiming that yeah. identity for yourself. This is true for me. Yes. This is who I am. Claiming your truth and not wavering or like shape shifting yes. into something else while you're in front of others because right. you don't think that they can deal with it. Give others credit. They can deal with it. Show up. Show up not only fully for them but show up fully for yourself. Like, and where if they can't. You? Then they will leave the room, and and if they're not ready for you, <laughs> they, they will find a way to exit, and that's okay. If you're, you know, if your energy, I, I really do believe that I got given fibro, uh, because my energy was too exuberant. I was too out there, and I need to have that energy dampened so that it actually would be more commutative to the people I was meant to serve. That's you know? so amazing. I, I love yeah. the way that you say that. I feel like my dystonia is because I was too like electric. Like I have too much yeah. electricity in my body or the something. Eel, electric eel. <laughs> I feel the same way. You yeah. know, it's kind of interesting to hear it you. It calms you down, it, it centers yeah. you, and, and you're projecting just the right amount of energy because, you know, let's face it, that other higher energy only a few people can pick up on. Uh, right. And if we're here to serve, you know, as many as we can, the energy needed to come down to a point, not down here, but to a point where people felt in, you know, invited to come up and reach you yeah. and, yeah. and feel that they could communicate with you at that level. If you're too high, it, you're just too far out there. And I was too far out there for people. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Uh-huh. So, I mean, everything happens, it, you know, we say, it happened to me. Yes, it happened to you, but change the dialogue to it happened for you. How you discover your courage, your strength, your abilities, your purpose. And when you're willing to go through that process of understanding what you could become because of it, then you're really truly stepping into meaningful purpose and allowing yourself to be. That's why my you know, short weekend coaching program is called The Problem is the Portal. There's nothing but opportunity there. And you got to just be in a safe place with, you know, the right questions to kind of prompt yourself and lead yourself. Because guess what? In the depths of your trauma, in the depths of your personal hell is where the secret to your success lies. Yes. Right? And it's just getting okay with that and allowing it to live within you in a way that's not radioactive. And how do you do that? You look at it, you visit it, you talk about it, you talk about it so much you get bored with it. <laughs> exactly but you know you hit on a very important point there it's it is when you're given these obstacles and challenges people have misconstrued ideas but if you're such a spiritual and high energetic person why can't you just will your illness away uh-huh you know why can't your mind over matter just go away and it's but that's not the point it was given to us for a reason and that reason is there, and we may not always agree with the reason, and I'm sure with your uh, dysphopia and with my fibro, I've learned to partner with it. We're partners. Sometimes its voice is higher than mine, and I have to adhere, and, and it allows me my voice by supporting me, right? right? And you learn to have that medium, and I think it is, it's, if it was not there anymore, 
where would my balance be? You know, it, it is not a failure on my side that I still have it. Right. It is. It just is, is the, the paradigm of what I am dealing with that helps me actually understand so much more. Yeah. And my body's doing a lot of things that I'm not necessarily participating in, like digestion. Like I don't sit yeah. here and like actively participate in it. It just does it. Yeah, exactly. right? you know, and exactly. I kind of look at dystonia the same way. Like it, it's got its own thing going on. That's fine. It can do it and whatever. I'm watching a movie. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, yes, occasionally it will go tick, tick, tick. Here you are. I'm, you know, pay attention to me and you go, okay, what do you need? How can I pacify you? Okay, are you all right now? Okay, I'm going back to it. You know? no, I and that's just it. kind of ignore it. I mean, it's so yeah. funny. Like, I almost, like, live my life like I don't have it. Right. And it's why another reason, like, I can't hang out in the chat rooms with people who have dystonia. Yes. Because they all relate as a sick person. Yes. I never, ever, yes. ever identify as a sick person. I'm like, okay, watch out. I'm coming through. And I'm going to, like, make something of myself and do some fun things and have an awesome day. Like, that's my goal. I remember going uh, with somebody to a, a fibro talk and there's this guy there. He, he had previously um, been drug addicted and he was clean and now he's helping with the fibro. And all of it was, oh, I know it hurts. It's a struggle. And she says, Sarah, don't say anything. And eventually at the end of it, and I said, it is what you choose it to be. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, you have hard times and that's when you nurture yourself, but you look to what you still can do and that's what you feed. And right. he looked at me in horror because, of course, for him, his addiction was having everybody dependent on him uh, with their pain. Right. Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, again, dystonia has been my greatest teacher my greatest mm -hmm. like again it has brought me to the edge of myself i mean on really bad days where i can't dress myself or you know feed myself or you know that level of care and my husband has to take care of me like that is where you find whether you have the stuff whether you have grace whether you are able to get okay with what you know quote unquote creator has in store for you because i don't think like at least the way that i've lived my life that that's all just happening by accident no for me i have the trust that it is all happening for a very prescribed path for my spirit right and yes. that i'm here to experience this i don't always know why but the lessons are always there if you we don't why. have to know why we, and i think one of the greatest gifts that you've given yourself um, is your own vulnerability, right? People are afraid of vulnerability. Oh, I don't want to be vulnerable. People can hurt me. No, but when you are vulnerable in trust of your spirit looking after you, you know that you're only going to attract the nurturers, right? Because just because you're vulnerable at that state or just because you're living in a certain vulnerability, if you're living on the higher energy plane, on the higher frequency, the people that are out there to suck the life out of you and to zap your thing can't reach you. You're too high a level, but you you can still be vulnerable in that plane and it, and you can do it safely. Yeah. And a lot of that is also surrounding yourself with people who are good people. And yes. the only way you're going to know whether they're good people or not is whether you present yourself, you know, as truly authentic. One of my favorite sayings is that when we show up as truly authentic, we secretly give permission to others to do the same, right? And Inspiration so because invitation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just allow, like, you the set the stage. In the room, right, yeah. exactly, set the stage. Like yeah. uh, provide the, the opportunity in the room for everybody to get like 
you know, super clear on who they are. I mean, you know, there, there, there's a lot to that. And, you know, I, I hope that people, especially if they're really suffering, you know, and struggling like with these things, I hope that they can find answers. Answers to found in high energy vibration conversations like this. Yes. Right? You have to dial it in, in order to open the channel. Like if you're not living there and visiting there regularly, yeah. Right? your channel won't remain open because you'll turn on the news and it'll immediately like close yeah. up because it's terrified <laughs> right that's just the world we live in you know so in you your books my shows we're asking people to dial up to dial in yes all right you know the dialing up is the willingness to open the book and read it to listen to the show of the inspiration that helps you dial in yeah Yes, exactly. And and staying there is a practice, right? You have to make it a habit. Exactly. And engaging with it on a daily basis yes. to continue the flow. But here's the good news. The more you work that you do along these lines, the more fun it gets. Right. And that's the thing I feel like they don't tell beginners and like when you start the personal energy work, right? Mm -hmm. When you start whatever practice it is. For me, it was core shamanism. And when I started doing that, like my life was far more difficult and I was far more confrontational and you know aggressive like back then. But now, like my life is a lot more fun. I laugh all day long, right? And that's prescribed to me by me, right? And that's that's that happens on that's my your medicine. Life. Right. That, that's what I that's what I'm choosing to do. Today. Yeah, that's your medicine. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, I don't think people know how to simply live in joy anymore, because, again, they're so busy chasing something outside that they don't realize it's inside. And it's also the pleasure of, you know, looking at the breeze rustling through the trees, you know, a little doggy chasing a stick, a child, you know, happily picking up a seashell, the ocean against the shore, you know, the, the, the wind through your hair, all of those beautiful things that makes you connected, you know, it makes you feel, makes you understand the gift that we have been given with this planet and this gift of opportunity we've been given with our lives. When you live in that gratitude, that joy, that connection, then you really actually are opening you up to the whole meaning of life. Yeah, just once you stop thinking mm. and start being. I have to feel to think, actually. I can't think to feel. <laughs> 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 I noticed a real shift. And, and for me, when I was really like in a dark, dark place, and I was really playing with that because I on my of myself was stuck in a very dense, dark, scary place. Mm -hmm. And so I was experimenting with myself. I'm like, if I can do something, an activity, whatever it is, and every time I do it, it brings me joy, then I'm in control of that. So I went out searching and you know what I found it was turning up disco music as loud as I possibly could and driving in my truck through the beautiful woods, like just being a complete lunatic. <laughs> we are the like champions. And having a great time. And it's like, I, yeah. and I was like, see, that's in my control. Yes. I can throw myself into joy when I say so. That's right. a me thing. I'm in control of that. Nobody else gets to be in control of that. That's a me thing. I'm going to be mad master and commander of me, my mood, my energy, my vibrations, right? And and again, like core shamanism is energy work. A lot of people don't really even know yeah. what that is, no. right? But it's chasing those paths of energy, right? And understanding what is in my control and what's not in my control. Like I want to know that and then dealing with the truth found there. Yeah. You know, uh, um, 
I'm sure you get it too, but clinical depression. And I've learned that um, on the headphones, the music, I, I'm not even listening to the words. It's the music, it resets me. And I just kind of seem to pick a number and the way that it flows, the rhythm that it is, it realigns me, it calms me, it sets me back in a groove and a move. And there's certain music like the blues, the jazzy blues for me, you know, it's the elongation and the stretch of the music, you know, that really gets you going. And it's that connection, you know, I think a lot of people look to the fast movements in life, but the deliberate movements, you know, that music can give you that expression. It is like, ah, ah, it brings you back to self. It's wonderful. And see, so that's a reset button for you. Yes. Driving in my truck with disco music, just laughing is like a reset button for me. Also getting into water is a real reset of my energy. You know, and it's again, it's- Yes, it's a conduit, so yeah. Exactly. You know, and it's chasing these things to find out your own buttons, levers, and switches, <laughs> you know? Would you say the word chasing is right or just allowing these things? Well, for sure. The, ch the chasing is in the discovery, but you're absolutely right. And that's what so much of my books are about because it is pure energy work and it's pointing out like trailheads of knowledge, yes. right? And portals that are accessed through allowing. Yeah. Like portals that you can open up within yourself to really truly change how you're vibing. Like that yeah. is control, all of it. Well, where does fear come from? It comes from people feeling they don't know anything at that moment so therefore they're fearful of the unknown when you actually surrender i don't know what do i need to know and you open up and channel then what you need to know when you need to know it is there and there is no longer fear yeah so fear and trust can't coexist mm -hmm. right and so so we have this constant sliding scale of ourselves with how much fear and how much trust are you living in on this particular day? Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time to discover, again, that's a me thing. I can throw myself into a thousand percent trust in the universe. And when I get there, there is no oxygen left in the room for fear or complaint. Those two right. things completely disappear. And it's the no biggest it's, it's so, like, it, it's yeah. a, such a a game changer when you get to that place when you live in a thousand percent trust in the universe that you are in good care and that you are being taken care of and that even the stuff that you don't like that's being delivered to you with even that stuff is being delivered to you for your highest and best yes. once you get to that place yeah. then there is freedom right there's something wonderful as a traveler to the universe is you are out of body um, you are amongst all that energy, but, but it is so supreme, so calm, so peaceful, so fluid. You, yeah. you are just part of the stars, the movement, the, you know, uh, everything. And it is just, it is all, it is all, it is everything. Yeah. And yet it is also nothing. And it's just so utterly supreme. Yeah. And the trick is to bring that into the body and live that through the human self. Yes, exactly. And you know that you get there again when you when when thinking becomes boring, right? Yeah. You you're no longer there, right? Thinking should be boring to us. Thinking is a step, a tool that we use in order to decipher, right? To filter through what's coming from the beyond, which is just static and noise, right? But we have to use that little computer in order to, you know, choose from it that what we're going to actually use as a human being, right? So you know, it's just navigating, you know, through that, right? And getting out of the thinking and down into the being. Once you start being and stop 
thinking and all thinking and chatter slips away. And again, there's no lo longer oxygen left in the room yeah. for any complaint to inhabit in your mind. And there is no fear because you trust so much, right? When you get to that place and then you start to radiate an exchange with your surroundings, like, cause then that's when the whole communication thing opens up. Like, like everything around you is suddenly in communication with you. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> so that's why I actually started my YouTube channels to like really describe that process because I kind of stumbled upon it, you know, just fooling around and kind of doing like little exercises with myself and seeing what I was in control of. And like, am I able to actually consciously evolve like in real time on my YouTube channel using myself as an experiment? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we want to get to that stage where it's like a deep breath and a beautiful exhale. Yeah. You know, it is just that... <laughs> You don't need words. In fact, the way you're feeling, there aren't words for it. You know, that people use euphoria or this or that. It is just beingness. Yeah. It's at oneness. It's the, you know, when you talk about the collective one, people think they have to give themselves up to be part of the one. No, it's being pure in who you are. It's that beautiful instrument to be a part of that collective orchestra in your own strength. That's what strengthens the one. It's not um surrendering yourself it is allowing yourself to be a part of that collective because those energies when they're put together are a symphony in themselves how we heal the planet is we heal ourselves right that is if we want peace we have to be the peace we want love we have to be the love we want to heal we have to be the healing it's us you're pointing a finger at government three pointing back at you what are you doing babe what are you doing start with you and be the solution unto yourself and all those around you. Yeah. Another way of thinking about that is restoring the vibration of the planet. Right? Which desperately but, needs it. It's so out of sync. But then that, that asks us, you know, what are we vibing with individually that makes up that collective? Yeah. And can you as an individual affect change of that vibration mm -hmm. from you, you know, by being the causation of change mm -hmm. in that magnetic field? Um, I just did a, a show actually on this Ethereum water, which weighs us down more, which I, is, I've done a number of water shows, but this was very interesting. But we actually did uh, talk about the amount of energy that we consume in ourselves uh, and the amount of energy that the world is trying to provide to us is literally tearing the planet apart because we are over consuming the external energy and we're not being our own light bulb but not being our own energy. If we are our own energy, we don't need so much external energy. Yeah, disconnect, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Turn it off, yes. disconnect. I, I don't like really engage. I mean, I, I do social media because I kind of have to, to sell yep. books. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, you know, it, I, it's not where I live. That's not where I hang out. You know what I mean? I don't watch the news at all. Um, Unless it's funny, like Trevor Noah, which is leaving. <laughs> if you can laugh at it. Actually, we do have a really nice news channel here. They, they'll bring you the news, but they are always you know, chitter-chatting and bartering and laughing. And so it makes it palatable. I'm keeping up with what's going on in the world, but it's not bringing us down. Well, I'm not saying don't be informed. Right. You must be informed. But just don't consume. Do it in a way <laughs> that doesn't terrorize you. Yes. Or that you're not, like, you know, in it 
you know, too much. Like yeah. just dip in to get the information and pull back out. And yeah. Make sure that you pull back out, you know, with, with, um, unattachment, like make yeah. sure that you're not attaching because our ego for care, right. Sometimes can pull us down that rabbit hole with that energetically can be oh, a boy, yeah. place for us. Right. So don't let your care like pull you down that rabbit hole, right? Like stay clean. You are in the world, but you are not of the world. That, that was a hard one for me because as an empath, I pick things up. Of course, and, and it's it's so difficult to kind of like you know block it off, block it off, block it off, and you want to, you want to fix everything and everyone. You want to be the answer to everything, and all you can do is I send out white light of love, white light of love out there, so that may they may find the love and the answer within themselves. Uh, and you know, if if you want to support something, find something that you want to support and give your energy there. But if you're trying to fix everything is going to deplete you to such a point that you will break. You have to put your own personal vibration in the world first and foremost. And if you're vibrating with terror or you're allowing your imagination to run roughshod over your personal health, right? That's not a good place to hang out, right? You got to manage that. (laughs) Yeah. Because if you don't, it will manage you. Right. You know, this this is the thing about fear and terror. I mean, this is, let's, let's face it, media, the mainstream media, uh, you know, governments and all that, they, they love to keep you in fear state because now they feel they have control of you, right? They've got you where you want, not thinking for yourself, not finding the answers for yourself, not taking ownership of self. They've got you as a puppeteer and they'll keep you scared that they're going to cut the strings and leave you all alone. And, you know, we've got to stop buying that narrative. Right, they they only have the power because we give them the power. Exactly, right. So you know, it's staying informed without being terrorized, right? Yeah. Like manage, find like places like being from Canada. I didn't grow up in the states, right? Mm-hmm. And so like being like the first thing when I moved to the U.S., like it was such a culture shock. I was so like what is this? Because <laughs> it was so like everybody was living in a war zone all the time. Yeah. I'm like like why? Right. You know, and it's like there's so much talk of like guns and wars and like Which still is. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it was very bizarre to me having grown up in Canada where you turn on the news and they're talking about what happened to the local library. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and also being in Vancouver surrounded by mountains and water, you know, yeah. in itself was just also harmonious, right? And and calm and we definitely see less violence here, although we're seeing a great deal more than we should. Um but you know it's again and very much what you feed is what's going to grow and so we have to be careful not only of the seeds that we plant but also the words that we give the seeds you know they the intent uh the the vibration that we give them because if it grows to something we don't want the only person we can blame is ourselves because we planted those seeds and we fed those seeds and that's that's what you're getting that's what you manifested yes you talked earlier that people have a hard time living their life in service to joy yes and that is because they have not for themselves now this is a life hack 101 that i do with all of my you know people that i'm mentoring right the first thing we identify for them is their north star and their north star is the thing to which all other decisions have to live in service to ah. so mine has always been joy right my north star is joy 
So everything I choose in life, all the decisions that I make have to live in service to, is that bringing me closer to joy, right? right? And that's what I, I, that's kind of why I started my YouTube channel as well, is to kind of help people like get focused. And my main YouTube video, when you first turn on the channel, is why people get stuck. Funny enough, that's yours as well. (laughs) 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 Why people get stuck, right? Because I think we both like see people like, acting counter to their own best interest than wondering why they can't move. Right. You know, the example that I use on my YouTube channel is like when people are so lonely and they're like, why doesn't anybody care or check in on me? And then five minutes later, like the phone rings and they're like, why are people calling me? <laughs> <laughs> like exactly. <laughs> Funny enough, my show going on this week is, is uh, next week is about that is a, uh, you know, it's, based on kind of winter cocooning and then you know a lot of people become very lonely at this time because they're not out there socializing and it's like we've got to we've got to make sure that we call on people but also if you're alone go and put yourself somewhere or do something where you're interactive with people you know don't just say I'm lonely I can't do anything some people can't physically but there is the phone there is something else that you can do um, that you can be interactive with at some point we have to make the choice over our own lives of what we are willing to do to not feel that despondent anymore and not just live in the despondency this show is called ignite your heart and soul which reason it's called that because i came here thousands of years ago to ignite hearts and souls of human beings and that's always been my journey and then people don't understand what do you mean ignite heart and soul you know, heart and soul for me, are, you know, go together. The soul can't speak for a closed heart. When the heart opens up, the soul then could channel through the heart in that resonance and that love and that truth, which ignites the spirit interaction and the mind and knowing what it needs to know when it knows it. That is the, the frequency of my teachings. And for when you say your joy, the word I would be is, for me is heart. When you come from the heart, when you do everything from the heart, whether you do everything with heart intent to raise people's heart, nurture people's heart, it is, you know, choose what word really, oh, that's my word. That's my word. Because that's where you're coming from, right? That's that's who you are. That's what you're resonating. Own it. Be it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and get clear about that and make that your North Star so that you are congruent with all of your decisions and all everything that you're saying, everything that you're writing, everything that you're posting is living in service to where you actually say you want to go. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, it's. Um, yeah, I, I suppose I'm a conduit writer as well, because when I just write a blog or do anything, it just uh, I may have a gist of something, but I just let it come out as it's meant to come out. Right. And um flow is very very important to me energy has to be flowed it doesn't like to be cut off it doesn't like to be contained it likes to be free and I think where we live in fluidity I mean a ballet dancer isn't just leg here leg up there it is the flow to get up there everything tap dancing is a rhythm life is a rhythm we need to get into flow when we're in doubt when we're in fear where we're in conditioning or dictatorship we are boxing ourselves and we can't find the fluidity of that movement. Living uh, from the conduit of the soul to the heart and the spirit means you're tapping into the flow of that energy. Trust where it will take you. It will reveal to you wonders that you far beyond your imagination could have ever imagined. 
right? And so much of that is exactly where, where I have been in my own journey recently, which is to not judge when I'm off, not judge myself when I'm having a bad day, not judge myself when I'm not happy or feeling loving. Leave that and persecution allow, alone. Yeah, allow <laughs> yes. that to be. And it's so funny when you stop resisting that, the bad moods kind of go away. They dissipate on themselves. But when, as long as you're resisting it, it's persisting, you know? And it's this funny thing. Like as soon as you get, okay, well, I'm having a bad day. I'm off. And then you're like, oh, actually, I'm okay now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. We've got to own it. We've all going to have bad days. Bad days, bad days, you know, glad days. We're all going to have them. And again, it's like spend the emotion. Right. If you're having a bad day physically, very often it's your body saying to you, you've overextended. Right. You just need to have a nurturing day. Switch off. It's TV day. Snuggle wuggle, you know, and just nurture yourself. And that's OK. Not like, oh, well, I really should be doing this, but I really have got to go and do this. And this person wants this from me. It's OK to say no. It's OK to say I'm sorry, just physically or emotionally. I cannot today. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And to, to be okay with that. That's, that's really taken me so long to just stop judging myself and just like, let myself be off. Like, you know, anyways, that's taken me a long time, but I appreciate you, you know, saying that it's so true. It is. And it's perfectly all right. Um, when you spend a lot of energy on other people, you have to spend a lot of energy in regrouping that energy for yourself. You can only give out what's in you. And if you are giving out and not replenishing, you know, your generator needs to be replenished. And if, uh, if it means saying no or stepping back and say, I can't, or I'm sorry, not at this time, let's reschedule. Uh, you're honoring yourself so that you can be the best of yourself, the people whom you serve. Exactly. Exactly. Because that's a you thing. Yeah. You know, we don't get to you know, sidestep our personal responsibility and how we show up in the world. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Let's look to all your books. So okay. you You've showed us the cover of one, and that one is called? Foreign to Me. So I have two series of books. The first one is kind of autobiographical. Um, it's my story set on a fictional character, if you will. And it's really it's my trauma journal. And uh, <laughs> that's how I started it. Everyone and, needs one. <laughs> it, I, well, you know what? This has been such a great journey for me to unearth. Like I was talking about, like all the really dense stuff that I've yeah. lived through a lot of like horrific stuff that I've lived through and I was able to like I said unearth it and really look at it and find its gifts for me like I hadn't taken the time to really do that and yeah. so writing this trilogy the uh, journey of a dark shaman trilogy book one is out now book two will be out next week and book three will be out before the end of the year of 2020 so that's the first series of books and they're really kind of dark and dense and deal with um, kind of ownership of oneself and then also dealing with um the evolution of spirit and meeting yourself kind of where you are right. in order to you know have a, a more successful life so that's that's and you have to do that you have to do that before you can move on there is no yeah. oh i'm just going to ignore it no 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 <laughs> you can't ignore it you gotta face it you can't outrun yourself it will continue to bedevil you and affect yes. your decision makings in way that you do not want. You will right. not be fully clean yes. until you have dealt with the ick of the past yes. and dealt with it in a way that's not dramatic or that needs a story, but just look at it and ask why it's there. Why did it show up for you in that way? Right. Why is it there? What is there? Um, what is learning there for you? Like, really, you know, there's I, always I a reason for something. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, once you understand the reason, um, your own forgiveness can come in because we react and we do with the knowledge we have in that time. And now you know better, you know you wouldn't make that decision. You wouldn't invite that to happen, right? And so it's like the forgiveness of oneself, I think, forgiveness and love of oneself can be some of the hardest things people uh, can do for themselves but it's it's forgiveness is the first step to loving oneself yes yes for sure definitely so that was my first series that i ever wrote was the trilogy and then i've written another series which is really fast-paced and episodic and it's called the language in light uh series and book one two and three are available on amazon right now the first book is handsome devils and it's about nikolai tesla however ah, it's old it. <laughs> it's told from the perspective of his secret lover who's also part werewolf <laughs> ah i love that leech i love tesla i love it you see well, when you're when you're talking before you go into the next but when you're talking about conduit yes. i mean he was a person that opened up his channels uh, but he had the intellect to understand what he was being given so, yes, uh, oh, but, you know, love a werewolf. Woo, so, yeah. so the, the book is part historical fiction because it actually yeah. follows the events of Nikolai Tesla's life. And it's the, the book series starts in 1886 when he leaves Austria to go work in America. And he leaves behind Melvin Vaughn, who's his secret part, you know, werewolf lover. Because I wanted there to be like Nikolai Tesla, who is to science what Melvin Vaughn is to magic and shamanism. I wanted to really teach people because, you know, you ask people, what is shamanism? They're like, I don't know. So <laughs> yeah. I wanted to demonstrate like in a way that's kind of along the lines of Harry Potter because yeah. he's teaching kids, you know, the core beliefs and principles and spiritual practices of core shamanism. And so it's kind of along those lines as, and as he's, you know, because in 1886 is when conversion therapy was also actually first coined. Mm -hmm. And so he's running around trying to save these, these boys from, you know, being lobotomized in conversion therapy. And so he ends up with all these strays who, and so he teaches them, you know, core shamanism and what that is. So if you ever wanted to know what that is all about, that you can find out right there in the book series. <laughs> and of course, the, the other book is uh, Where the Warrior Lives and an Army Awakens. Correct. In the series. Yes. Right. You know, I feel though that people actually do learn best in what I call factional stories. You're taking fact and you're fictionalizing it because through the fiction is the wonderment. And then the fact is the, oh, I wonder. I wonder if this is your know, basis of truth. I wonder how much of this could really happen. Um, I don't know if you ever remember because I'm dating myself, but there was a series called Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, right? And uh, there was a book on it. My brother wrote a parody called Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mole. And when I put the book down, I thought, I laughed here and there because of the ridiculousness, you know, of the parody. But then I put it down. I thought, nay, this is way too factual. <laughs> In its fantasy, it was too factual, you know. And it's like, I think if we could step outside of, but where's the proof? But where's this? But where's that? And just trust that everything is given to us in a beautiful illusional not delusional way then we'll actually understand that fantasy and dreams are, is part of our reality 
Exactly. Well, it's their communication conduits. You're yes. receiving information through those conduits from beyond you if you're willing to listen to them. And there are real principles and very real tactics like these, you know, whether it's shamanism or whatever else, that uh, that they have ways of tapping into that information, to that conduit of information. And you just have to open it up within yourself in order to receive it. My books talk a lot about that, of, of how you have to empty yourself, right, to allow new information in that's how it happens in that vacuum yeah did you ever read philip pullman's northern lights or anything called golden clumpus no oh you will love them it's a trilogy northern uh -huh. um, philip pullman um northern lights in fact they've done a wonderful serial series called um dark materials uh -huh. which is excellent they've done a great version of it um but it's a uh, it's called the golden compass here in England, it was called Northern Nights. And it's uh, the beauty of it is, is it's about a child, but the beauty of it is, and this is what made me so envious, is their soul is on the outside. It is a creature that changes every moment as their children. And then when they hit puberty, it becomes the creature that represents their soul, right? Oh, wow. But it means that that consciousness is constantly talking to them and they can't be separated. That's so shamanism. Because exactly. Because we have like a animal or yes. power animal yeah. that we're in constant communication with. But a lot of people don't like, because they've never actually taken classes in shaman. We actually have four entities that we stack within ourselves. You know, so there's the one that everyone knows about, the power animal or, you know, yeah. a spirit animal. But there are three others that if you actually really study it as a spiritual, you know, practice that you learn about and, and you're engaged in communication with these things to the point where this, uh, this is going to blow your mind because it blew my mind. <laughs> so I had a Reiki um, uh, expert come over and it was somebody highly, highly, highly recommended from a massage therapist who I just truly adore, who is really dialed into like all of this. And so this Reiki expert shows up at my door and she's like 22. <laughs> like, oh, you're not at all what I was expecting. Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> come on in. You're highly recommended. And like, seriously, like if I had judged the book by the cover, yes. I would have missed out oh, on God. Yes. Right? And so I, I brought her in and we started like doing the whole Reiki session and she's like, you know, reading and, and she's taking all these notes and she's writing in her book and she's, you know, realigning and stuff and whatever else. And then afterwards she's talking to me and she's like, so one of the four entities that we hold within us within uh, core shamanism is your uh, gatekeeper, right? And that's the one who regulates your body, right? Who has all the dials and switches on your body that's constantly, you know, so that's the one you work with when you're trying to regulate yourself within you. And so my gatekeeper like uh, presents to me as a kind of half avian, half human, you know, entity that I experience through that channel. Right. And I've never told that to anyone because like we develop these relationships that are very personal. Right. You know, within ourselves in the same way that we, you know, communicate with our power animal or spirit animal. So anyhow, um, she starts telling me about these conversations that she's having with this half bird, half human dude, right? Hearing <laughs> when they're like, the two of them are like aligning. My, and she had no way, no way. Mm -hmm. I had never told that to anybody ever, 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 ever. But, you know, in, in shamanism, we don't really, you know, put any value in time and space. Like those two things yeah. are fungible. Like yeah. there's just, they fall whatever. Of like, each other, yeah. Cosmic soup, right? Basically. Yeah. 
And so whether you're experiencing it on this plane or another plane, that doesn't have to be untrue because you're experiencing elsewhere rather than in the physical, because the human body is really only aware of about what, 1% of what's actually going on around us. I'm always dimensional traveling. It's wonderful. You know? <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, that blew my mind. When she was telling me, she was like, this half bird, half man guy kept showing up i'm like shut up (laughs) (laughs) because like i'm very much in this to almost like be a skeptic right to to think critically about whether this stuff is true because i until i see it i'm not going to sign off on it or believe it at all right and so i'm in it in the depths of learning shamanism as a critic to be proven to myself whether this is true or not and every time my mind gets boom <laughs> about how these things that are happening on other planes keep showing up in this one right i'm a child who was a very sickly child so in bed a lot and i played a lot with dead people and i would dimensional travel because i was left alone a lot and i would live in other worlds uh-huh. um and i think this is what kind of disconnected me as a, a child to this one you know, what made it hard for this one. And I lived my first part of my life extremely spiritual. Um, I had uh, knowledge and wisdom that I would give to people. This, how do you know that? I don't know. Can you repeat it? No. Why did you say that? Because you needed to know. Yeah. And it would be way beyond my comprehension, way beyond my years, right? But it was just what needed to know. Or I'd be in, in a place lost, but I'd find somebody who needed information at that time. And it was, that's the way my life always was. And then I have to say, when I came to Canada, I met my ex-husband and that changed my energy completely. <laughs> so I battled for a long time. I lost myself and I had to come back to it. But what you're talking about, the dimensional travel, um, I had to get rid of, I got rid of 152 lifetimes and then found another um, 50 or more lifetimes that have been in there in the cellular structure. And it's only by getting rid of those that I got rid of the burden of the pain that I was carrying. And that it was this lifetime that had permission to come back to being the spirit that I meant to be, because in the other 50 lifetimes, I was being burnt at the stake and persecuted and everything else. Right. So it's when we're willing to go down these paths and yes, it sounds far out there and far fetched, but to me, it's just my life. It's just, who I am and where I've been and, you know, what I've done. And it's, it's not separate for me at all. It's, right. um, it's, the, it's the through line of your soul, which has mm. popped up into this experience and back down and popped up into this experience yep. again down, you know, and that's the way you're experiencing yourself and growing and evolving and learning and, and doing all that stuff. And again, it's visiting those things and allowing what is true for you. Yes. True. I right? you know, don't, you know, I always say you don't need to verify, validate, or justify. You know, you just it just is. It. Just have to know it. And I mean, it's for is... me to know and to share with whom needs to know it, and that's all. Right. Because there's learning there. And yeah. go in as a skeptic and say, okay, what? Maybe this is not real, but I'm still going to learn yes. from what I find there. Like, start there, you know, and keep learning from what you find there in those channels. And eventually, it'll prove to you that it's actually true. <laughs> but by willing to speak about it, by willing to open up and say, you know, I'm taking this journey, you're giving 
that permission to other people are going, but you know, these things have been happening to me and I didn't know what they were. Uh, or, you know, maybe I should open up and just trust because I feel it knocking on my door, you know, or I, I've got this feeling and I don't know how to experience it. Well, just open up and experience it. You know, again, get out of thought. Or I'm always, for me, the knowledge is always felt to understand, not thought to understand. Exactly. Exactly. The, the mind doesn't serve uh, as valuable a purpose as we have prescribed to it. It has a very specific use, but yeah. there's a lot of other parts of your body that are far more intelligent. And they, ha they have a higher intellect. You yeah. know, this is a database, right? Um, and they have a higher intellect. And I think if we, if people could just, you know, shamanism isn't woo-woo. I know mainstream media and TV likes to make things a cultish if you're a spiritual person or shamanism is something evil. But then how can we have movies like Harry Potter, you know, like many other movies or The Dark Materials and um, all of these type of books and things, even Doctor Strange, a beautiful thing when she pushes him out of his body and says, what do you think you are, just matter? I physically clapped! <laughs> and I'm at last, you know, they're actually addressing it you're that not took just my matter. breath away when she did that and pushed ah. his soul out of his body it yeah. was just like i think the whole world like, <laughs> was like whoa at last at last yes and, and it's it's opening up why are these movies so popular because it's giving permission to people to understand there is more out there there's more within you and that when you're willing to open up and learn and yet you take somebody like dr strange so brilliant and uh narcissistic and egocentric to become a person that was such a conduit right. to to his purpose right he had to have that cosmic two by four to find his purpose you know isn't it um i find it endlessly encouraging to see these conversations that are happening in these really unique places that you don't necessarily like expect them to be like some of the um judges comments on some of the singing shows lately have been very evolved I was yes like, compared to beginning attention yeah, i'm like no. okay and to hear like this level of you know vibrational yes. conversation happening in the mainstream and in our entertainment on singing shows right where they're helping people you know evolve through their singing by way of i was like oh like this is actually happening and i'm really i'm really encouraged and again it kind of all started you know with the whole oprah movement whatever but yeah. it's blossomed into such a bigger thing from you know the secret and whatever else to the people really understanding and languaging in yes. their own lives, you know, this kind of thing. I certainly see it in the in the business coaching world. Oh, I do and too. It's happening there in that very kind of, you know, left brain kind of an environment, you know, where it's all about the money and the score, right? And very kind of male-dominated kind of energy. You know, if I'm seeing it happen there. Right. And I'm seeing it happen like in the singing shows, like it is happening across the board. I, I can I, tell you it is. We are at a tipping point. I think well, the next 20 years yes. are going to be like just blow our mind as far as what we're going to see in terms of um, just human fairness. Right. Yes. Um, and just allowing people to be as they are in the world without needing to subscribe to them a box or well, whatever. Look what happened yesterday at the uh, at the, you know, the climate uh, thing, they are actually going to pay poor company uh, countries that have been contaminated by other industries. Right. To compensate for them. Would that have happened in the past? Right. Um, but, you know, the beauty of it is, is 
I did a whole Let's Get Synced series, which was interviewing many Europeans and people from around the world on about the mental climate change to have climate change. And it was so encouraging to see these people working with governments, working with industries, you know, working with um, um, so many. I mean, there was a young man, he was 22. He's he's gone on to doing so many wonderful things and it was all about waste control in his country and, and you know how these people but one of them is, is a company pure necessity a german guy who was on the other side of the wall for the first 11 years but his company it goes by the philosophy of people planet for profit not profit at the expense of people and planet and by just rearranging those words well the more you invest in people the more we invest in the resources the more profit there is actually to have. But if you're only going after profit at the expense of people and planet, things run out. People run out, resources run out. And we're seeing such a divide right now with people. Give me, I, I don't know if you ever read Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson, uh -huh. right? The two mice, two men around abundance of cheese and each one of them has a different reaction. And I'm a true colors coach, those four key personality traits. And you've got the people who give me back my cheese. I want my way of life. I want to preserve it. I don't want to change. And they're pitchforking. They're angry and they're pitchforking. But you've got the other people saying, no, we're too far removed. Scurry and Skiffy and even him are out there looking for new cheese. You're left alone there. Resistance is futile if you're not willing to cross the bridge into this new paradigm. You are simply going to be left behind because the paradigm is already happening. It's happening on an exponential state, but it's undercurrent. It's not, you know, they're the tornado. This is the undercurrent. And I think like in even shows like this, we would be well served to talk about hope. Yes. Even more now than ever. You yeah. should have hope. You absolutely should have you hope. You are Why? the hope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, you know, like if you look at us as a species and over evolution, like we really only evolve in one direction, which right. is a good direction, right? Don't ever lose sight of that. Yeah, things get bad and things, you know, there might be a year here or there where things, but in general, like big picture, I always have hope and I always have faith. And when you don't, Look at the place where you're hanging out because where you're hanging out is affecting your mindset, right? Get to a place where high vibration conversations are happening, where conversations that lift you up. That's a you thing. You're in control of that. And a lot of that is just the space to which you are like surrounding yourself in terms of a vibe. Yes, right? yes. Be in the right vibration. It's really um, when I was coaching, uh, I'm from England, so it's inches uh, rule. Uh, 12 inches and it'd be the six to the 12 inch of people at various states of high positivity and then you had the the four five stepping into that positivity but you had the one two three who are the piranhas that want to be negative they live off that energy and they go after the four fives uh, yeah. because they can suck the energy out of them so it is imperative when you're trying to leave negativity behind that you go put yourself in a reader of positivity for protection until you're strong enough that these piranhas can't get you yeah yeah and that really is up to you if you're living a depressed life you're living a depressed life yes <laughs> you know like find find other places to hang out go talk to see some young people if yeah. you don't have hope 
go talk to young people. They give me endless amounts of hope. They are dialed in. They are oh not. Oh my God, indigo kids. It's <laughs> like causing me like to celebrate. And the things that I see on my TV these days that I never, especially as a queer individual, never thought I would see right. you know, in my lifetime. I just feel so lucky that while, yeah, you know, you're, you and I, like our generation may have done a lot of the heavy lifting yeah. in order to, to move us from, you know, the movement of the 60s and 70s into where we are today, right? There's a lot of heavy lifting that have, had to happen between then and now that we have been doing, that we have been actively engaged in, right? And we so shoveled we the trenches for them. And now they go. can I mean, right. planted, but they've got to take over and prune. Exactly. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's a very exciting time. Yes, it can be very depressing when you look at yet another war, but then I look at the Ukraine war and I look at the president they have, who is not shy of saying to the rest of the world, help us, right. help us, who on the front lines with his people, motivating them always in hope. The kind of leader he was, he is, yeah. has been such an inspiration to other people. Yeah. And yeah. then you look at certain other leaders who are the ivory towers. It's all about me, myself, and I, and I don't care who suffers for that. And it becomes a very stark thing. And it really is a question of who do you want to feed? Right. Who do you yeah. want to feed? If you're abstaining from life, from any choices, and you just want somebody to make the choices for you, you're going to feed the wrong one. But if you want to take responsibility for your own choices in life, your own life in itself, your own happiness, then you're going to feed the other. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. It's all up to us, isn't it? It's all up to our choices. It really is. And it's getting seated in self in such a way that you understand your levers and dials internally and that you are affecting the world, not it affecting you. Yeah. Yeah. And the response that you're going to get from what you feed, you know, from what you exude out you please don't think that you're going to please everybody. Please don't think that you're going to be the answer to everybody. You're only going to be a solution, a answer to people who are at the level of needing that answer at that time. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You're not be all to end all. Mm -hmm. Right? You are a part of the buffet. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> And really, when, when you stop and think about it, you stop and look at life in a different way. And, and, and again, back to the simplicity. I have a 20-month-old grandson and another grandchild on the way. And I watch my grandson at play. And the simplicity of his little imagination while he's doing things or playing with me, or I'll put on some jazz music and he'll dance with me. Uh, I'll just We have gobbledygook language. And he speaks back with me. It is It's it's so beautiful. It is so beautiful to be a part of his life and in this way of growth and discovery where you're actually discovering things about yourself as well. If we could stop looking for the big grandiose things as meaningful in life and look at the beautiful, simple things that are right there, right in front of us, we truly actually understand the beauty of life. I agree. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. How do people get your books? How do people get you for your coaching? What kind of coaching do you do? 
Yeah. So I do professional uh, real estate business coaching. That's kind of like my day job, if you will. <laughs> I train real estate agents how to be better agents. Right. So that's my day job. Um, but if you want other kind of more like life coaching or my books, that can all be found on my website, DaleAllenRouse.com. That's D-A-L-E, Dale, Allen, A-L-L-E-N, Rouse, R-O-W-S-E.com. And of course, your Facebook date, uh, uh, Dale Allen Rouse, Instagram the same, uh, email Dale at Dale Allen Rouse. And uh, I don't have your YouTube here. I'll have to get that and put that up oh, here yeah, as well. Oh, yeah, I do. It's Dale yeah, Allen Rouse. It's up at the top. Dale it's all right. And so, uh, and you do, you know, um, a 20 minute uh, free coaching to find out if there's an alignment there. Yes, absolutely. If you want to, you know, just kind of try it on and see if my style works for you and have a deeper discussion and what it is that you're trying to achieve, because I really help people everything from life, right, attainment and, and just security to business, right, is kind of see where you are in that and kind of develop a program for you. I think also the example that you are is um, the sheer transition of your journey ultra-religious fat little boys started tap dancing into ballet into performing around the world backup dancer for Celine Dillon and then going into business using the same enthusiasm in business uh succeeding in that then to coaching of it and then to uh getting um your disease and then looking at it as a gift of redirecting you into discovering your own heart, soul and spirit and conduit, then becoming an author, you've allowed yourself to take your journey. And so that's the beauty of it is, is that we are not one note. We are many notes. We can even be many instruments in our lives. We have so many chapters in our book of life. Don't get stuck on one chapter. Don't be afraid to write another one. You're always going to bring the essence of who you were in the last chapter into the new one. Look at it with enthusiasm and just explore. Please explore your life and where it can go. Open up, allow, become, and just step into your own beautiful essence. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being on the show. It was really a great conversation. You are have been an inspiration to me for a while now. So like I said, it's it's really thrilling to have the opportunity to actually talk to you. Well, I'm delighted to have you here and come back anytime, anytime. And you're, as I said, you're a wonderful example of never giving up, never giving in, and just always like, okay, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> that's the enthusiasm that you have to look at at life good day bad day what's next i can't wait be exploratory thank you so much dale for being here with us today and folks please just if your life is down you know what turn it upside down and look up there's always a tomorrow and it, and that tomorrow is only going to be as good as you participate in it and you can get through anything when you are wishing to do so so until next time bye for now we hope that you enjoyed the show. Find all of our shows on selfdiscoverymedia.com under podcasts or selfdiscoverymedia slash shows. And for all our current shows, go to What's New. We are supported by you, the audience. You will see a nice big shiny blue button for one-time donations or follow us on Patreon and you will be able to support us there. We enjoy bringing you such wisdom. And the next show will be up in just a moment.